Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. If you're ever, ever considering getting a big dog, you know, just like a dog's dog, a traditional dog, you have to, have to consider the fact that they will be skunked. They absolutely, definitely will be skunked at some point in their lives. And if you have a big old dummy mixed with other three kinds of dummies like I have, they'll be skunked four times. Uh, since Mel and I have uh, started dating for the past couple of years, um, Abby's been skunked twice. And I think uh, like when Mel and I were like friends, Abby was skunked once before. And that's actually the only one where I was there to help. The two other times I was out of town. So last night, Mel worked a 14-hour day because it's uh, that season uh, in the uh, business that we work in, you know, back to school for university students. There's a lot of prep that goes into that. She worked a 14-hour day on a Saturday, gets home, dog goes outside, tries to make friends with the same damn skunk that's lived there for however many years. It just got sprayed in the face. So now everything I have smells like skunk. Don't be friendly. Don't be friendly. Don't be a dog. We have one that cr- crawls around our backyard sometime. His name's Stu. Stu the skunk? Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's not cool, man. No, they're not cool. I don't care. I don't care how cute they are. They're not cool. It smells so bad. And you, like, if you don't, you have a story, Brad, where the dog came inside and destroyed a couch. Yeah, so we had an old, this was Demon. Not Ollie, surprisingly. Uh, Ollie would have been better or worse because of the short fur. I don't know. Yeah. Either way. Uh, so our apartment door was very close to the exit to get out of the building. This is like 10 years ago. And, uh, yeah, so Crystal was just home the one day, left the apartment door open, went down the stairs, let Demon out. Demon ran around, made friends with a skunk under a car, got sprayed, got scared, thankfully, so he didn't get sprayed again, sprinted straight back through the front door, through the apartment, and jumped right up on our love seat. Oh no! That's yeah, that one went. Oh, that went in the trash. You cannot. That's it. There's nothing no. for that. We tried everything for like a month to get the smell out of it. It no, nothing. The only solution I've ever seen to permanently remove like bad smells like that are uh, hotels have ozone machines. They clear everyone and everything out of the or everything living out of the room. They turn on an ozone machine for like I don't know thirty minutes, turn it off, and then you have to stay out of the room until the ozone dissipates. It has a pretty short half life. But it's incredibly toxic if you breathe it in. Uh, shout out to the 1950s and fridges and stuff like that. I don't know when we had we were breathing it in. I have no ozone. idea what an ozone machine is. Yeah, it uh, puts ozone into the air and it clears out all the smells. Interesting. Yeah. So without leaving a smell of itself. Yes. Doing the Lord's work. Doing the Lord's work. Poisoning our youth. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Uh, I'm Ryan Hanna. I just had to get that off my chest. I'm Brad Crisco. I sympathize. And I'm Stu the Skunk. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't smell me, right? No. Oh, hey, are we good. wearing the same shirt? No. no mine's got some oh, colors, God. and mine has a toothpaste stain. Jeez. I just noticed right now. <laughs> Tough day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not. I came back from Toronto. Uh, we. I had the option of like staying later, and I was just like, Ugh, God, no. I want to get away from this. I Look, I like Toronto as Did a city. Did you go to the CNE? Uh, yeah, I went to go see a show that was in the CNE. I didn't go to like for the CNE. Like, it was in... Uh, Queen Elizabeth Theater, which was oh, in it's yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, I went to the CNE for the first time last year. It's cool. A big fair. Do you like people? No. 
then you won't like the CNE. So when we left the show, we all had to go through this uh, like underground tunnel to get under the go train I tracks. I know exactly which one you're talking. About. Oh my, that is my that's my hell. I never it's want to do that brutal. again. It is a thousand people crammed in a space about the size of this basement. Yeah. Um, it is. I was like, we're just ripe for the picking here. First of all, like I have a lot of anxiety about oh, that. Oh yeah, they've that, been talking about building a bridge over the go train tracks yeah. for seven years. It is. The absolute worst situation I've ever been in is I breathe, I breathe the same air 45 times in a row. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. Isn't that what our uh, pregame meetup for the home opener is going to feel yeah, like? Essentially, That's yeah, essentially. That's what I want it to feel like. Yeah, but I I want like- it not only because I want to meet as many of our listeners as possible, I just want to see how high Ryan's social anxiety can get <laughs> in that setting. Now, I'm actually a very social person, but just like crowds where I can't decide which direction to move in, that's when like, I get fucked. Yeah, when you're just like part of the stream, you're yeah. just flowing down. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the meetup, uh, for those of you who have paid attention on Twitter, uh, we ran a couple updates on the website, so we now have two new pages. We have our shop page hosting uh, all of our merch, so I know you guys were asking for some new merch, so we have uh, new shirts, new sweaters, crewnecks, tanks, uh, unisex cuts and men's and women's fits, depending on what you prefer, uh, gray Black, red shirts. Uh, There's literally everything you yeah. could ever well, want. Well, reading between the lines of what Ryan's saying there is, we put a lot of work into the store. Please buy something. <laughs> we, uh, for those of you who want stickers, um, we are selling the stickers on there as well. Uh, there's polos. Uh, there are women's bathing suits, uh, baby onesies, socks, flip-flops, which I'm actually definitely going to get, phone cases. Uh, someone said they would actually... I joked about like mocking up some pillows, and someone was like, yo, I'll legit buy throw pillows. So there's two-color throw pillows on there and uh, posters as well. All different sizes, colors, everything. Go check it out. Uh, and also, there's a blog page. Uh, so if you paid attention to that, there's a few posts up right now. Uh, first is a post just like backdated about our 500,000 listen mark. Uh, next one is details about the home opener meetup. So I know the image that's been go- that we've been putting out says so go to wingwheelpodcast.com for more info. The more info is now actually there, um, has all the details you'll need. And then the most recent post is uh, more YouTube content. I know we've talked about this for a little while, but uh, we're really going to ramp up our YouTube content this year. Not just posting episodes, uh, but a lot of other ideas that we're really excited to share with you. Um, and it's not just creating the, the videos. We're also investing in making uh, improving the quality of it. So uh, we're working on a new studio solution as much as we like being uh in Crystal and Mika's space and having them have to deal with us. We are uh, trying to figure something out that's a little bit better for lighting and for sound uh, and also getting some sweet new camera equipment. Boy, cameras. <laughs> wow, that what a cheap invention they were. Yeah, if anyone knows anyone who works uh, for Panasonic, uh, tell them to give us a shout. We have uh, some collaboration <laughs> ideas for them. So uh, What th- Ryan is saying is the camera we need, we can't afford, and we need a sponsorship on it. <laughs> Yeah, we, well, we'll pay for it, but we'll go, I guess. <laughs> Are you ready to check out? Uh, yeah. Define ready. Yeah, so wingedwheelpodcast.com, and then there's a shop page and the blog page. Uh, check those out, and then stay tuned on the blog page. We're also going to be putting out uh, some of our video posts. Uh, Brad's going to be rolling out a short article, short form article on there pretty soon. Um, and we're just going to be using it to... Short form article. I thought it was a short one. My first one going up is going to be the, the prospect oh, the list. And you're going to have the whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm putting it all out in one shebang. That's and good. that's going to be a monster. I'm I'm going to try and keep it to one paragraph per prospect, but I tend to get long-winded when I ramble, so. There's a shocker. 
Brad, that's, that's a surprise. Crisco. Once the sh- once the shop gets up and running, and we we see the sales coming in, we know it's like worth like keep uh, keeping up and running. We're definitely gonna make the shout out Brad shirts. That is the first custom shirt that's coming out. Oh yeah, like oh like definitely. Hey, would you believe me that two weeks ago I had a best man speech to give and managed to keep it under three minutes? No. Yeah. The opening line of my joke was literally everything about myself that people were expecting, and just said <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Uh, at your wedding, your uh, dad talked. It was the best and longest uh, speech at a wedding I've ever been to. Yep. Oh, yeah. It With no point for about 75% of it, but that was the point. It was uh, too long, but also not long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's our site. Those are some updates. Uh, you're obviously going to see the updates. Hey, if you guys want to uh, support and especially uh, help us out, at least in the beginning as we roll this out, we have about 550 subscribers on YouTube right now. If you're into it, subscribe preemptively. You can still catch the full episode videos, and then you'll be uh, tuned in for when everything starts to roll out. Yeah, YouTube's going to be uh, Big push. Our, our pet project for this season. Yeah. It's going to be fun. That and not being broke, but that's always a pet project of ours. Yeah, it really is. That and exfoliating, because you're going to be able to see into our pores. <laughs> yes. Um, and you can see into our Patreon if you support our, yeah. our campaign to not be broke. Yeah, wingedwheelpodcast.com also has a support us page, which shows all the way you can support. First being Patreon. Thank you. Hey, patrons, we love you, and thank you. <laughs> Honestly, they're the whole reason we're able to do all this stuff, because we absolutely could not have afforded any of the stuff oh, we yeah. want to do this winter, and it's all coming thanks to them. Yeah, like, for those who have been listening for the four plus, four and a half years we've been doing this show now, you'll notice the part where, the the point in time where we able were able to, like, blow up, Patreons. Like, patrons are the reason we can do this you guys mean everything to us so thank you for your support uh we're gonna start by we're gonna get away from the uh, emotional real stuff by talking about some you know what absolute bull which is these stupid rumors that are going around okay do i have to repeat my my damn rant from i think it was less than a month ago apparently you do brad okay if it's not tsn sportsnet athletic espn or one of like two or three other outlets it's not real Eklund is the one who started the Ristolainen and Fermanta trade rumors in this supposed five-player deal. It's not real. I don't. We'll debate the um, merits of whether Detroit should actually do some kind of trade around that parameters just for the fun of it. But it's not real. When was the last time Eklund was right about anything? And remember, he posts every trade imaginable all the time. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you think he would even a broken clock's right twice a day? He hasn't even hit that success rate yet. Do you guys remember that those like NHL insider accounts that were coming out and they would post every trade imaginable and then go back and delete tweets and stuff to make it look like they were right? Yeah, they are more reputable than Eklund. Yeah, Eklund has been around for years and years and years and just posts absolutely nothing from the basis of even less than absolutely nothing. It is not legitimate. It's not worth your time. And if you're saying you're being really harsh to this guy, that's how little he this person adds to the hockey community. It's just bull. They, uh, a broken clock is right twice a day, and he's right even less than that. Legitimately, it's not worth your time. If this comes up, it will be a stroke of luck. It will be the universe saying, ah, we're going to make the Wing Wheel podcast look bad. But it is absolutely not based in reality. Plain could, and simple. Could a trade like that happen? Yeah, Steve Eisenman's made bold moves before. This is probably where it came from. Oh, hey, Detroit has a GM who's willing to pull the trigger on something. What makes some sense? Oh, Ristolainen is still held in high views in some circles, and Anthony Mantha's prime for a breakout. These seems like targets. 
maybe they're targets for each other. Like it's not an asinine rumor. It's just there's it's not based in any actual source material or fact. Well, you know where he's getting it from is uh, like a couple months back, uh, Elliot Friedman. Yeah, reported that was that, exactly what it was. Yeah, he he said like this isn't a real thing. He's just, he just said someone uh, close to Buffalo Sabres organization because it's very well known that Ristolainen is on the move. Uh, said that they think Buffalo would want a player like Mantha. Didn't even say they were connected to Mantha. That that's just what Buffalo was looking yeah. for. It was a throwaway line in a podcast. Just here's the type of player that they would want in return for Ristolainen. Which, if it's Mantha for Ristolainen straight up, that's a trade Detroit should make zero out of 100 times. Oh, absolutely. Because Anthony Mantha is a far superior player to Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah. Um, that being said, if it's a air quotation, five player. We should never give this stuff our time, but we're about to give it time. Uh, five player trade, if it's Anthony Mantha... Uh, Justin Abdelkader and insert filler piece here for Rasmus Ristolainen and use, useful piece like a half-decent prospect or a serviceable defenseman, sure, then you entertain that. So you start talking about it. Yeah, but uh, no. other than that, yeah, no, this isn't a reality that should happen. No, so I know it's it's easy, like it's a it's a quiet time right now. It's the lull before the storm or just before prospect camp. Or the prospect tournament were just before training camp. Just bear with it, guys. There's nothing there. But for the sake of it, we'll talk about it. Plain and simple, Anthony Mantha is worth way more than Rasmus Ristolainen, and there would have to be a ton of value coming back, like you just mentioned. And also, Anthony Mantha is worth more than Rasmus Ristolainen now, and yet the entire hockey world seems to be predicting Anthony Mantha to have his breakout season this upcoming season. So now you're selling low on a player who could potentially turn into a near point per game guy. Yeah. So and Ristolainen, Ristolainen is a very polarizing player. So I'll hear an argument for both sides. Uh, that's a guy who had to eat way too many minutes early on in his career when he really wasn't the kind of the caliber player to be doing that. Um, advanced stats show a less than glamorous view of his production on the ice uh but he's very well regarded with some you know hashtag hockey men uh, across the league so he there's kind of a split on Ristolainen Rasmus Ristolainen is the poster child for the is he bad because of the team or is the team bad because of him argument mm-hmm. and like the, I, and I don't have an answer for that you know where I have Rasmus Ristolainen in my head is right now is where um Leafs fans are trying to have Cody Cece where they're just trying to like speak Cody Cece being good into existence which is I mean good luck um Used properly, with the right minutes, and with the right like situation, I think he can be effective. That would be on a second pairing with Patrick Nemeth, and a second pairing defenseman is not worth Anthony Mantha. No, no. Um, and on a good team, he wouldn't be a second pairing defenseman. I could hear an argument for that because he's never had proper help in Buffalo. I, all the raw t- tools are there for Ristolainen, and it's just a matter of putting it together. Yeah. Now he, that's the, that's the whole risk because you don't know if it will ever be put together. Because there have been reclamation projects of, well, look, at it's a different position, but Dylan Strome going to Chicago turned his whole career around. That, in theory, could happen with Rasmus Ristolainen, but those reclamation projects you don't pay a premium for. All right, Evan, pop quiz. Create a trade. Your Steve Eisman, create a trade involving Mantha and Ristolainen that makes sense for Detroit. Uh, Anthony Mantha plus any contract we want to dump. So Abdelkader or Nielsen. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> on the way back, uh, obviously Ristolainen 
And we want a Ford coming the other way. God. I don't think Buffalo would give up on middle stat yet. So. Yeah. No. Too early. Would you take a second? No. No. That's not enough. I take the first. Yeah, I don't know if they would trade that. This they year. shouldn't. I'm just uh, trying to think of what they have for forwards. And yeah, well, no, I was trying to think of all the guys we saw at the game last year. Just throw Dylan Cousins in. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. That's Buffalo, perfect. Buffalo has a sneaky good prospect system. There's probably someone there we could pluck. Like, I know they probably won't move Cousins. No, he's uh, he's a bottom six forward. I don't think they'd give up on Uka Pekalukinen now because he's looking like their goalie of the future. He's he's their Philip Larson, except he's better than Philip Larson. Mm. Um yeah, we'll, just ta- we'll just take Jack Eichel. It's all good. Problem solved. There's 10 mil right off your cap right there, Buffalo. Perfect. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, it's it's a deal that I would have a hard time seeing for a lot of different reasons. But yeah, especially considering how much better <laughs> Mantha is. And also, let's not forget that Rasmus Ristolainen is a big right-handed shooting, decent skating uh, defenseman. Mm-hmm. We just took one of those six overall and one of those thirty fifth overall. It's not a huge organizational need anymore. No, there are uh, there are a lot of defensive uh, defensemen coming off the books next year, which is an area of concern for only one reason, uh, and that reason being the players we're going to fill those spots don't have a ton of experience, and like that's valid. I, I genuinely believe that we shouldn't discount that right away just because the players that are leaving maybe should have left five years ago. Um, but th- but that's a valid thing. But the problem isn't going to be that there's going to be no one to replace him. Detroit has a plenty of prospects and guys who are ready to come up and take those minutes. So adding another defenseman to the mix right now really does not make sense. I mean, if you're going to send uh, Trevor Daly or Erickson back for the last year, then that's fine. But Why even bother? Why, Legitimately, why bother? This year there are, I mean, we might have to bother for the Red Wings um, to, to make the room. But yeah, in terms of like cap relief, it's not, there's no real need. That's not really an issue anymore. It's all coming now. Um, have we talked about, was it last podcast we talked about Khan and uh, um, Helene St. James talking about how Erickson's going to have to fight for a roster spot for the first time? I don't think we talked about that on the podcast. Oh, we might have just been like talking. Oh, we talked about it at our meeting. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, we had a meeting. We had a business meeting. That was the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I had way too much food. Yeah. We got a lot of food. Yeah. We got so much food. Too yeah. much. Um, yeah. We essentially just forced ourselves to sit down on a day where we weren't recording to to plan things out. And it's why we have so many cool and now steadfast ideas and plans for this season. They're in writing. I saved it to PDF. You can't even edit it. Damn. <laughs> you can edit PDFs. It's 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for the first time ever, Jonathan Erickson is uh, perceived to be fighting for a roster spot. Great. That's what happens when you're bad. Welcome to 2016. Glad we caught up. And I'm also going to preface this by saying in Helene St. James' article, she specifically said she expects uh, Jonathan Erickson and Trevor Daly to be the Red Wings' bottom pairing, which is the one thing that cannot happen this year. Under If both of them are on the roster on the of the seven defensemen, that's fine. But you healthy scratch either Erickson or Daly every game. And their other partner is either Kasky, Bowie, or Chalosky. You want to make a $5 bet right now? Oh, no. I will. I fully agree with Helene St. James that this is what's probably going to happen. Yeah. I disagree with it fully, but I trust her sources. She's been right on stuff before. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice to see that the, like, the, the reporting and the beat writing from much closer to the team is even mentioning this now. It really kind of lends credibility to the fact that the organization is thinking this way. And that 
where that's coming from is obvious. You know, Eisenman coming in, he's a very pragmatic, good GM who can evaluate talent well. And especially with a, this brand new pro scouting staff, you know, they look internally as uh, internally as well and are saying all of these players right now that we're trying to see what they are and what can become of them are still better right now than what Erickson and Daly are putting out, you know. And if Cronwell comes back, he, he he's obviously going to offer more. He'll get the roster spot. But then we especially need to start saying Jonathan Erickson doesn't get a roster spot automatically just because of who he is. Because if we're going to use the most conservative comparable here, the Red Wings just traded for a young project defenseman named Madison Bowie last year. Not an uber high-end prospect, not as high-end prospect as um, Sider or any of the other defensemen in the draft or even Oliver Kasky. But here's what he is. Currently and already better than Jonathan Erickson and Trevor Daly, and 23. He's worth giving ice time to, just so you know what you have. We've said it ad nauseum on this show. What value do you have in forcing the ice time to an aging veteran whose play has been declining from a base level of poor for years and years and years in a year where you're not even close to contending? There's virtually zero positive value to it in any realm of thinking there's only one argument that could be made for that and that's if they've got danny de kaiser's contract and it's like well he ain't going anywhere for a while anyway let's see if we can write this ship oh, i don't i'm talking about de kaiser no, no i'm not talking about de kaiser i'm using that as an example because yeah, yeah. de kaiser played fairly well last year actually i'm saying if you have a jonathan erickson on a danny de kaiser length of contract oh, okay yeah you're like okay well we can't get rid of him we have to do something and even that i don't know i fully agree with but i could hear that argument it's even more relevant because Erickson and Daly are both on the last year of their contracts. There is zero reason to trot them out there on a nightly basis unless you have no other defensemen to trot out there. If you watch preseason and legitimately go, yeah, Cholosky and Kasky are not ready under any circumstance. They have to go to Grand Rapids. Okay, that's fine. Well, guess what? Oliver Kasky, uh, not Oliver Kasky, Madison Bowie and Joe Hicketts can't go through waivers. So there's more of an argument to play them then. And we know they are capable of playing a bottom pairing ro- role in the NHL. It's not like you throw a Kasky in there and hope. We know what we're going to get out of Hicketts and Bowie. And the results over the last year of watching their yeah. sample in the NHL weren't bad. Yeah. You know what the nice thing about all this is? Is that the <laughs> the conditioning and the healthiness of the team uh, has been poor for some time and you can count on honestly two at on average at 2.2 injuries to the defensive core by the start of the year and at any given point thereafter 1.7 injuries at any given point in the season yeah so there's going to be a lot of problems solved just by the, the poor conditioning yeah of the- and, and we're making a massive deal about this because we have nothing else to talk about this <laughs> offseason but in reality the problem is more likely than not going to work itself out we're going on the hypothetical that everybody's healthy October 5th. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, that'd be a fun problem to, to sort. That'd be a, a relief of a yeah. problem to have because, yeah, the injuries to this team have been horrifying. But we did get uh, Mike Barwis, right, who's the new strength and conditioning mm-hmm. guy. So, hey, maybe it won't be an issue this year. I mean, Trevor Daly and Jonathan Erickson combined are roughly 700 years old. So, again, poor, odds are. the poor, they're. <laughs> I feel bad because they're like actually like 
they're well loved by fans and by uh, their fellow teammates because they're great dudes. Oh, they're probably the best guys. They've been through the ringer though. Like, it doesn't matter what. Like, okay, let's remove my opinion on Jonathan Erickson's play aside. Like, the guy has been beat up. Like, thumb injuries, a hip injury, a back injury. Like, Trevor Daly, the same crap. Like, these guys are, they are on the like tail end of their career. It is not easy for them to condition in the summer. Their body doesn't do that anymore. They can't go to the summer and just regenerate back to 100%. But what we said last episode, or the episode before, is how many players in the entire NHL can you legitimately say are, are bad dudes that you dislike? And you could probably count it on one hand. Yeah. So every, Sean Avery. <laughs> everybody we're talking about are probably good dudes, well-loved by their teammates. So we take their personality out of it because... in the end, this is still a business and you make business decisions. Right. So you got to be cold and callous about these. It's not like we hate these guys. And I'll repeat that ad nauseum until we no longer record podcasts. I love Justin Ablocator. I still want him in Grand Rapids, but I love the dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's it's fine. You're allowed to have these opinions and still like the guy. And like I said, it's we base them on quality of NHL player. And Jonathan Erickson and Trevor Daly are no longer that. Yeah. Just uh, we haven't done any like market testing on this but we're just going on the hot take that you guys don't care about our feelings about the players but our feelings about hockey instead we just we just want it to be clear yeah well i mean some people well as the show really grows we get a lot of fans like you know we get some we we try to reach out for feedback and uh one that comes up from fans who might i don't know podcasts might not be for them uh they, they always say like oh you like hey just hate him because he's not European, or you just hate him because not everyone's going to be Datsuk. Like, We're not European. Grit is like uh, so important. Uh, look, man, we don't hate the guy. We're all a big fan of the people. Anyways, that's our disclaimer. We'll say it again every six episodes, probably. Yeah. Uh, speaking of injuries, this isn't hockey, but Andrew Luck. Whoa, my God. And fans booed him last night. Oh, my. I want it. Every, every fan that booed him should be fired into the sun. Like, I, okay, look, I'm not mad at Schefter for leak. Like, if you got that leak, that is a massive story. And as a reporter, it's your job to, to push that. That's the biggest NFL story since what? B- Barry Sanders retiring? Yeah. Like, of course you're going to report that. If you're the person who leaked it. <sighs> look, we work more on the, the, we work on the reporter side of things. So I'm not going to tell you you're a bad person, but like. Man, it's not your place to be announcing things like yeah. saying things like that out in public. Um, anyways, so I got Andrew Luck is retiring. If you're not big into football, it's essentially like as if uh, Jonathan Tavares was injury riddled and retired this offseason. It's like the exact same like caliber of player, age ish, like same same ish age. Yeah, it's it would be absolutely nuts. But it, pretend it was John Tavares when he was still on the Islanders, like because. Luck is the Colts. Um, he's retiring, and they it got leaked in the middle of the game, and he didn't even have a chance to tell his team. He wanted to tell his team first. And uh, as he's walking off the field, fans booed him. Yikes. That's a bad luck. That's Indianapolis, a, come on. That's a big yikes. That is an absolute big old yikes. It's not all the fans, but dude, the guy has been like kidney lacerations, torn cartilage in his ribs, like... Broken this, severed that shoulder, uh, shoulder injury. Now a calf and ankle injury that just isn't healing itself. They didn't. They've misdiagnosed him so many times. At least one major concussion. Like, can you blame the guy for keeping his twenty-five mil and saying I would prefer to keep years on my life and be able to lift my child? In I thought the he left like sixty mil on the table or something. No, they like said they're gonna honor all the money in his contract. Uh, yeah, he keeps. T- they could have recouped like around twenty-five mil, but they're okay. not going to. But he did essentially leave sixty on the table. Oh my like, god! In future earnings. Now, 
the reason we brought up this football topic on a hockey podcast is because what would the reaction be? Because John Tavares is retiring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. What would the reaction be if an NHL player did the same thing? Because I fully commend Andrew Luck for doing this. Leafs fans would be loud and booing. They'd have to move out of town. I think most fan bases would. We'd be lying if we said Dylan Larkin retired tomorrow that Red Wings fans wouldn't turn on him. Pavel Datsuk essentially retired at the age of like 36 and he still and had a half the fan, fan base turned up. Yeah, yeah, well, he yeah. went and played hockey somewhere else. Um, That's like Andrew much. Luck going to play in the CFL right now yeah. after saying his body's broken down. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know what? That's fair. That's a fair qualifier. Um, but those weren't, that wasn't Datsuk's reason. Datsuk wanted to be with his family in Russia. Yeah. That'd be like Andrew Luck going and playing for some beer league team wherever his hometown is because that's where his wife and kids are. Like, mm. But There's e- barely teams everywhere on the horn right now. E- either <laughs> way, I'm always sad when an elite talent leaves a sport because, A, from a selfish standpoint, I no, ling- no longer get to watch that elite talent. It's fun. But that being said, I'm glad Andrew Luck did this. And I'm glad there was a very prominent player in his position that said, no, my health and well-being, and then thus the health and well-being of my family, are more important than this sport. Because a sport is a game and doesn't matter. Even though that's all we talk about. That's our lives. Does that happen frequently in NFL? Players just retire. A lot of, a lot of O and D linemen, actually. Yeah, and they made not, some money, but not is of that, this. Is that what like Marshawn Lynch did? Is that why he retired briefly? No, he played pretty old for a running back. Is he? Did he re-retire? Yeah, I think so. Well, he's not playing this. He year. He unretired, so. right? Yeah, when he was younger-ish. Yeah. Are you sure he re-retired? I oh, former. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um... It happens quite a bit in football, but football is a different sport in term because, like, there are actually like decades taken off your life depending on the amount of hits you take. It's not the yeah. same as hockey or anything else. The shelf life of the average NFL career lasts three years yeah. when you average it out. Hockey's a little longer than a that. A long but. serving running back is nine years. Like, long serving. Um, if an NHL player plays nine years, you're like, oh, they got a good career in. Yeah. Uh, you oh, think it's like, just like the, and the then, grinding and the, the pounding of football is completely well, different. Let, let, let's take a mediocre, middle-level, decent, serviceable player. Anybody else realize that Valtteri Filippo is going into his 13th season? Is he at 13? Oh, yeah. The NHL his first is, NHL game was in 05 06. The NHL is definitely one of those sports where you can just grind it out in the middle forever. People, uh, there's this like notion that everyone's going to do what, you know, Crosby's going to end up doing what Eisenman did, what Sackick did, which is like play 20, 21, 22 years. And you're like, no, that's really There's a reason why do. those things are celebrated and they do yeah. big ceremonies for those those players. You can be good. You can be good enough to play 20 years and you still have to hope your body lasts for 20 years. And at what point is it worth it anymore? Which is the question here. Andrew Luck was 29. Sidney Crosby has had a myriad of injuries, especially concussions. If he gets another bad concussion and let's say... Two years. He's made all the money he'd ever need to make. He's won three cups. Would he really have the the need to keep going? No. So if he said, you know what? This is it. I'm done. I don't want... He would never name him by name, but he's like, I don't want the rest of my life to be what Johan Franzen's going through right now. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. And he retires at 34. Yeah, absolutely. The hockey Penguins fans would turn on him. The hockey world would turn on him, but... More players need to do this when it's time. Now, that being said, if you are um, like a Patrick Marlowe right now or Joe Thornton and and you're 
you're healthy and clear and free going into your 40s, by all means, keep going. It's oh, that's great. a dream. Yeah, that's the dream. Go as long as you can. But as soon as it starts to go sideways, get out of Dodge. And I think players are starting to realize that it's just not worth it. Look at the story of Joe Murphy right now, the former first round pick of the Red Wings. He's homeless because he suffered so many brain injuries. Heartbreaking, man. Yeah. He very, like uh, the, the He's re- back on the street now and refusing help. Yeah. And you read like what he's saying to the reporter who found him when he like was back on the street. Like this isn't like uh, anything other than this man is suffering from mental illness. He needs a doctor. That's it. He needs a doctor and he needs treatment and he's been let down because, you know, you can always make the argument, well, you don't know for sure whether it came from the impact of the hits that he suffered or anything like that. But look, I, I studied I, – it was just an undergrad. I'm not pretending to be an MD. I'm not – not, nothing that I'm offering is medical advice. But I studied uh, uh, biomed when I was in my undergrad. And we essentially know – we like we know a thousand times more now about the brain and brain injury than we did 10 years ago. And we still know about one one-thousandth of what we think we should to even start to be able to, to handle this properly. So that's scary as hell. And what we need to be doing is over-protecting and over-treating and over-compensating you know, compensating for, for all these hits that these players are taking to try and preserve their bodies. It's not a joke. Like I, People are saying, like, oh, players signed up for it and they know what they were getting into. No, they, like, they legitimately didn't. Most of them didn't. I had a major concussion, like, and I'm talking severe, severe concussion at 16 years old where I don't remember anything a week leading up to the game. Yeah. I came back three months later and thought, like, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is fine. Like, I... I was an idiot. Everybody was an idiot. Nobody knows their head no. from their ass because we're not all biomed students. We didn't have the information. So, like, the current group of rookies coming into the NHL now, they know. They don't really have much of an excuse. There's enough information out there. They they know what's going on. They know. But, yeah. We're better informed about what we're not informed about. So, like, the yeah. plausible deniability for that is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they they have a pretty good estimation. And Andrew Lux might be his injuries weren't concussions. I think only had one concussion. But yeah, one still, big one. He's just he's the poster child for now. Like, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And you have like to I said, it. You I'm really do. so happy that he did because the what this all boils down to is the people who booed Andrew Luck and the people who were online trashing him for this. These are the people that are going to get other athletes killed because they're going to see these reactions, this backlash, this go. And after their third, fourth, fifth concussions, even if they know it's time or whatever injury it might be, maybe they don't walk ever again because the knee's going down or who cares? doesn't matter what the injury is. They're going to go, well, I, I can't be that guy. I can't leave now. I'm only 30. I'm only 31. I got to keep going. And it's they're going to keep going. And it's going to get worse. So there's going to be athletes that are going to die prematurely. There are going to be athletes that end up homeless, addicted to pills, addicted to alcohol. Because they were scared of how these idiots react when they leave way too soon. Uh, If people think that this wave of former NFL players dying in their 40s and 50s and 60s due to brain-related injuries uh, is going to slow down now that there's attention to this. <laughs> there's a 50-year delay on this stuff. We <laughs> It's just starting now. We figured out what's going on. We haven't figured out a way to stop it yet or cure it. Um, yeah. Anyways, it's getting... Injuries. They suck. You, you have to respect what Luck did, but that is a absolute nuclear bomb of a story. We, we joke about, like, wash bombs for, for basketball fans. This is like a Schefter nuke. 
Like this, yeah. <laughs> that is the biggest story in NFL, and it will be the biggest story in the NFL for a long time. Yeah. Could, again, just to put it in perspective for Red Wings fans, could you imagine that when Steve Eisenman's knee trouble started in the late '90s, he just said, "Yeah, now that's it." Yeah. Before everything, everything good came about, he just yeah, it was too much for him. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, hate to think about that. Uh, all right. Uh, some more wing stuff, actually. Corey Priman released uh, has been releasing his ranking of uh, 2019 NHL farm systems, and uh, he made it all the way up to 13 before naming the Detroit Red Wings. So he ranked them the 13th best uh, farm system, and that's a big drop. I believe last year they were number seven. Yep. For good reason, though. Um, they had two players graduate. Three. Three significant prospects. Yes, graduate. three. Rasmussen, Heronik, and Chalowski no longer qualified. Which is funny because Rasmussen might get more time in the AHL this year. And probably Chalowski as well. Yeah. Uh, but no, th- those are fair assessments, and those are three really significant prospects. Um, first prospect, obviously, Philip Zadina. Ranked him as a high-end prospect. Um, yeah, he's he's come down on Zadina, he's but, come, but he's still big on Zadina. Yeah. I, I think if you're looking for a down-to-earth, objective, maybe a little bit more conservative take on Zadina. Corey Promins is a good one to evaluate. Um, he definitely doesn't have the same bias as we are, and he's not as high on him as we are, and I think that's fair uh, from his angle. I mean, he's not in the weeds on Detroit stuff, and so you look at it through his lens, and that's exactly what you're going to see. Um, but still hasn't projected as a potential top-line forward, which is great. He has more at Cider number two. Um, and he's had a lot of good things to say about Moritz Sider recently. The more interesting things about Moritz Sider wasn't from this article. Right. It was from the Q&A he did after. Uh, I think he does like Q&As live on The Athletic every couple of weeks just to answer people's questions about whatever. And there were two non-Red Wings questions. One was, whose opinion, what prospects' opinion have changed the most since the draft? And he said Nolan Foote in Tampa Bay and Moritz Sider in Detroit. And then there was a follow-up question, good or bad reasons. And for both of them, he said, good. And then another question later down, he said, what prospect are you most excited to watch at the upcoming prospect tournaments? And his one-word answer was cider. Just cider. So he's he seems to be higher on cider than most. Uh, the development camp did a real good job of bringing my opinion on cider way up because I saw a lot of offensive instinct and a lot of uh, puck skill that I didn't see before. I thought for sure... Slam dunk, locked and loaded, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Joe Valeno is the number two ranked prospect on in the Red Wings right now. But damn if I might not be coming around on, on Corey's side here. I'm not there yet. I'm going to try and talk myself into it and see what happens. Yeah. But, man, Cider. Here, here's the question, though, that I will say unequivocally. I don't even think can be debated. More Cider is the more important prospect between... Cider and Valeno. Not necessarily that he's the better player or the better prospect at the moment, but the Red Wings can get by if Valeno doesn't pan out. They have enough options there, and it's not quite as significant of a role as what Cider will play. We're hoping Joe Valeno becomes the number two center, which is a very important position. We're hoping Mort Cider becomes a top pairing defenseman. Okay, here's where I want to separate two things, and this is like a philosophical difference. We want Moritz Sider to be the more important prospect. I don't think that necessarily makes him the more important prospect. I'm not talking about talent level here. More so the role that they will fill. We want Moritz Sider to fill yeah. a top pairing defenseman. Yeah. But I, if okay, let, let's say he's not. Let's say you fall into where I'm at where 
I'm excited about Cider, and I think he has a chance to be up there, but if you put him into the probability chart, he's more likely to slot in as a second-pairing defenseman. Not saying that's what I want of him, of course. I'm, I'm rooting for the guy to be the best defenseman Detroit's ever had. Second best. Um, oh, I hope he's better than Lidstrom. I really do. That would be fantastic, <laughs> be Ryan. Um, but let's just say he's probably not going to be that or be a top-pairing defenseman. What's different? I, I, I think saying that he is our most important prospect when he's likely not going to be a top-pairing defenseman is not different than saying Tuomisto is more important than Valeno, even though we know he's not likely going to be a top-pairing defenseman. It, well, you factor in probability, likelihood versus reality, right? I'm being like, a little too black and white here. Yeah, because yeah. do is Moritz Sutter going to be a top-pairing defenseman? Maybe, maybe not, but there's a very reasonable argument to be made he will be, and looking at the current Red Wings depth chart... Yeah, he's almost certainly going to be a top pairing defenseman if everything even goes eighty percent right for him. Yeah. He'll be he'll be on the top pair. Um, whereas, not that we need Valeno to be a number. Or he he is right now our only true good candidate to be a second line center. But there are other options there. You can always move Athens to back. It's not ideal, but it works. Um, there's other prospects that may or may not fill that role. But you look through the Red Wing system for. Guys right now who I think could actually make an argument for top-pairing defensemen, like, without really overblowing them, is Ronick and Sider. That's the end of the list. Yeah. And you know what? Compared to Valeno, I, I think I need to apply my argument to both sides here. I think is very exciting. He's not going to be a number one center in this league. Like, he's not going to be a top 15 center. Most likely not. No, top 30 would be f- amazing. Top 30 would be, like, second. a phenomenal turnout. I'm hoping for him to be an above-average second-line center, which, if you just want to go strictly numbers on there, that means he's a top 45 center in the NHL. So, yeah, a, a potential top-pairing guy at this point to the Red Wings is more important than a potential good 2C. Although, not by a lot, because the Red Wings really need high-end center top. No, and I am a believer that uh, I tend to agree with Corey when he says forwards drive this league, and it's more important to have a high-end forward to carry your team than it is to have a high-end defenseman. And I do agree with that. But the Red Wings' defense is just so bad. Yeah, we yes. we have to we have to have to put a premium on that right now. Now, again, if we're looking in a bubble at where's Joe Valeno at as a prospect, where's Mort Sider at as a prospect? Valeno gets my vote. Oh yeah, he's a year older. He's done more. He's proven that there's reason to be hype. Cider's a huge wild card still. We are talking about a guy who just came off a six-point season. Now, mind you, that's in a pro league against men as a 17-year-old. All those qualifiers are the reasons we're excited. But he hasn't proven anything yet. Whereas Valeno just was arguably the best player in the QMJHL the last season. So there's very legitimate reasons to expect this guy to at worst be a really good third-line center in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, we won't dive too much into this. I think we'll talk more about these rankings once we start to release our own. Yeah, because Brad, Brad's yeah. will be out first. Um, but just in general, obvious third after Sider is Valeno, and then he has Bergeron, so that all aligns. And then he's higher on some. Not guys. my top four. He has Kasky. Well, I mean, not mine either. But, but we actually agreed on that in the yeah. pre-show. Um, yeah, he has Kasky. He has Master Simone, and then McIsaac. It, it, there's. He was really low on two prospects for me that I was surprised. And then one of them, I went and did my rankings, and it made sense. But McIsaac felt low. Yeah. And Hiroshi felt real low. Uh, Regula felt very high to me. I could see the argument, but yeah. I I'm just, happy about it, but... Yeah. He, I just There was a lot of prospects I couldn't justify putting him in front of when I looked at their talent levels. But yeah, I, I could see it. Because, again, the hardest thing about doing these prospect rankings isn't necessarily ranking skill level or what they're good at, what they're bad at, et cetera. It's 
where do you put likelihood of making it versus actual top end skill level? Because again, just to take two completely different players, but you take an auto Kevin Mackey and an Alec Regula. There is no questions in my mind that Kevin Mackey is a more skilled, exciting player. Yeah. But I would argue that Regula's odds of actually becoming a regular in the NHL are way higher than Kevin Mackey's. And that makes way higher. So like, who do you put ahead there? Right. That like, makes a ton of sense because you know who Kevin Mackey as a player is. He is going to be a fringe outside. You can't assign a number to him until he breaks in. And yeah. his probability of breaking in is low. But if he breaks in, it'll be it's high. Re- it's like uh, if he breaks in, he'll explode. But it's more likely that he won't break in at all. Yeah, because Kevin Mackey is not playing in the bottom six. No. On any not. NHL team. And you look at his skill set and it's good, but I don't know if it's top six NHL good. No. So he's either going to play a very prominent role and absolutely blow by an Alec Regula on the depth chart, or he's not going to be relevant at all. Whereas Regula, as his skill set stands, he's probably only like a year or two away from being able to be a very good, not very good, but like a serviceable bottom pairing defenseman. Now, is a guy who plays on your bottom pairing for 10 years more valuable than a guy who never plays a game for you? Absolutely. But at this point in their progress, <laughs> you have no way of knowing or guessing. Yeah. It's 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 cra- it's a crapshoot because I remember when I was putting together my list. So, like, for reference, I, there's still going to be some juggling in my list because I haven't even done my prospect write-ups. But I, for the most part, got my order hammered out. And I had a guy like Kevin Mackey way lower than I thought I would. Like way lower, so it's 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 a weird juggling act, and I can't wait for everybody to yell at me. Oh man, we made a lot out of this episode. We're really good at the offseason, and we haven't talked about the fact it snowed in Vegas. Yeah, uh, so Kuznetsov. This is actually something I'm I'm happy that we get to talk about. So there was this, the video a long time ago, not a long time ago, a few months ago about Kuznetsov. You know, there's it's cocaine in a video man. with him. Or was he doing the coke in the video, or was there just cocaine no, in the video? it was just there. Yeah, so uh, the IIHF international hockey is uh, suspending him for four years from international play. That's uh, harsh. That's harsh. That is that's, the ban that's, hammer. That's no Olympics. The Nose Olympics? <laughs> He'd win those. You have to talk more, man. <laughs> you legitimately have to talk more. It is insane. We are, okay, new, I'm being totally serious here. For listeners... Give us your ideas for a episodical segment that Evan runs. Evan leads oh, a segment no. every single episode. Something that's in his wheelhouse where he could just be the, at the the most Evan he can ever be. Evan's emojis. It's a blog post he puts up on the site and it's nothing but emojis and we have to translate. Oh, God. I don't think Evan even has emojis enabled on his phone. <laughs> Television shows do that just to put hot girls on TV. Yeah, that's what we have. You're our hot girl. Oh, God. Evan's our hot girl. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? We're we're in the process of making like a, a channel intro video, and I know that's gonna Evans our hot girl is gonna be one of the clips played. <laughs> Damn it! Fair enough. Um, okay, the NHL handled this right. The NHL didn't suspend him. The NHL's policies on drugs is one of the best things about the NHL. They test for these things. They do not punish for weed or coke. That's what I love about the NFL. They pun- don't you get suspended for marijuana? Yeah, you get suspended for saying the word marijuana. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yes, because none yep. of those guys. Let's not forget, Laramie Tunsil lost twelve million dollars because a video of him smoking a bong came out on draft night. It, like that is that isn't that not like grounds for? I get it's not grounds for a lawsuit, but like twelve million dollars this guy lost out of his life. Oh, I actually just watched an hour long documentary on YouTube about that whole thing, and <sighs> man, it is. If I was an NFL prospect going in the first round, I would lock myself in my bedroom 
So Andrew Luck did. In, in forever. <laughs> Until I'm drafted. Well, no, that's because Andrew Luck was just playing D&D. Yeah, honestly. Okay, um, but there's one thing before you get back to your point on Kuznetsov that is that not just from, um, we'll call it an ethical standpoint, but from an actual legal in the rule standpoint, the reason the IIHF threw the book at Kuznetsov is because they have cocaine listed as a performance enhancing substance whereas the nhl does not the nhl lists it more in the recreational category that is smart yeah no i i agree but i'm just saying that's the main crux of the suspension here and where the big differentiation between the ihf and the nhl comes in man if (laughs) like no but (laughs) look hockey is filled with rich predominantly white but if you don't want to get into that rich Young men playing a sport, they got into this league before they were even done maturing as men. They're gonna use drugs, man. That's that's what they do. It's what society like. It's literally written into hockey lore. Well, look at into go into the world of finance. These are all very wealthy people who are go go go. If you remove the cocaine cocaine from the finance industry, the the GDP is going. The markets will crash. And this isn't an advocate. Don't do coke. Just don't. Yeah, don't. Don't. But you can't be surprised that people are doing this. But And the, the way the NHL is handling this is that they recognize it and they test for it. And if someone tests positive, they don't you know, throw them out on the streets. They offer help. And if it's enough where they think it's a problem, they'll put them in a rehab program to get them back on the ice. Yeah, because Kuznetsov's uh, entering that program. Voluntarily. Voluntarily. Because I, th- I think I'm going to go air quotations voluntarily because yeah, I don't know right. for sure. Because I think I was reading something and I, I didn't save this, which is my fault. But I think the NHL, when they bust players for this kind of stuff, they go, we're going to let essentially let you off the hook. But you're checking in. If you don't check in, we're going to throw the book at you. I think that's kind of the approach they take. It's still... It's subjective. It's not confirmed. It's all rumors. But that's kind of where the oh, NHL's out with it. Which is, again, far better. If the dude's got a problem, the NHL's going, our first option here is to help you. But if you're not going to offer help, well, then screw you, dude. Mike Richards went through that. Uh, you know who was a great case before he messed up his life in other ways? was uh, the guy who he finished on Nashville or Dallas... Always looked like gaunt. I can't remember his name. Very talented. Mike Ribeiro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he ended up leaving the league because he ended up doing a lot of other shitty things. But this is a guy with a ton of talent who they were constantly working with. And he hit rock bottom a couple times. And they worked with him to get him back. And the only person whose fault it was in the end was Mike Ribeiro's. It's so funny the dichotomy between you know how the NHL and professional sports league, well the NHL handles drugs and how all professional sports leagues handle <laughs> domestic abuse. Because like in the NFL, if you you know give your wife a right cross in an elevator clearly on video, you miss two games, you get suspended for two games. But if you have a cool hot box mask on, and that wasn't even relevant to anything at the time, it's from when you were like 16 years old. You dropped 13 spots in the draft directly tied to the amount of millions of dollars you can earn in your contract what a joke although what a treat for who was it baltimore who drafted him miami miami yeah treat for them but they were happy about it yep (sighs) so stupid man anyways got three picks away from buffalo it's a little rattled (laughs) kuznetsov look i feel for him I don't feel too bad for him. I mean, I think there is a certain amount of, look, I know it sucks and it's a dumb role, but you got to be smarter than that. You got to, like, be aware of who you're with and who He's you are. He's the guy who got caught. Yeah. Basically. Like, if you don't want to think about this, don't listen to what I'm going to say next. Think about your favorite five players. 
six of them have been exposed to this kind of stuff in some degree. Like, that's just the reality of it. It doesn't mean they participated, but they've been in the room. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I guess the one question is why don't more players get caught by the IIHF? Uh, I don't think they have any interest in that because then they'll have to suspend everyone. They just couldn't avoid this one because it was on camera. Uh, Fair enough. He put a target on his back, basically. There's no choice for them. Again, they know full well. And does the IHF te- the IHF wouldn't test players unless it's around a tournament, right? So yeah, you would hope that some of these players are not doing it, but the ones that are are not dumb enough to just go. Well, I'm going over to Prague for the tournament. We're just going to blow snow there for two weeks and hope they don't test me. Of course, yeah. you're going to get tested, so they probably knock it off ahead of time. Uh, yeah, because I think cocaine only lasts in your body for like a few days. It's a pretty yeah. Fast. So he <laughs> would have had to have been. Uh, yeah, like I said. <laughs> he was in a snowstorm fairly recently. <laughs> uh, we're going to move over to overtime before this goes too far south. Uh, before we get into overtime, uh, I wanted to mention something. Part of our um, you know, expanded efforts to improve the podcast this year is uh, listening to your feedback on ways to engage with you more. Uh, we are going to be uh, bringing our Discord page uh, over as an, a Patreon-exclusive content. And uh, using that as a means of just like casual conversation, communication with you guys. Um, we're still going to be keeping the structure of Patreon comments on the show. We're still going to be, uh, you know, utilizing all that. Probably download Discord. Then. I yeah. messaged in the thing in Discord in the general chat yesterday and, or two days ago. No one messaged me back. Well, it's not very active. So that's the kind of thing where... Uh, like Evan will be able to just kind of like give us the rundown of what Discord is because he games more it's than basically us. Basically, just like a chat uh, platform, um, but you can link and I think like RS, RSS RSS Yeah, yeah. I think you can integrate stuff like that into it. Yeah, and there's a lot of tie into Patreon stuff too. Uh, if you guys are very well versed in Discord and uh, want to help moderate it. Uh, give us a shout. We'd uh, love to see what you guys come up with. Um, a lot of this will just take kind of like, you know, if you're on Discord quite a bit anyways, um, we'd be happy to throw some swag or merch your way. Um, yeah, let us know if you uh, if that's something you want to do. We're going to get into overtime brought to you by uh, our Patreon supporters. Starting from Clayton Van Dyken says, hey, boys, long time no see. I figured since it's getting close to the season, it's about time I comment again. I do have a couple questions for you, but before I get to them, I want to take the opportunity to thank you guys for that Larkin jersey I won about damn time it showed up. Um, (laughs) uh, it took a while to get that sea sewed on just like another Larkin jersey that we're thinking about Uh, anywho to the questions I'm well aware that the wings are destined for another playoff list season but I can't help but feel a lot more excitement for this year than I did the previous one are you guys more equally or less excited for the season Uh, more for not winning reasons more just because you know the team is on a path now that I very much agree with oh yeah we're gonna be we're gonna stink but at least we've got the old, a lot of the old bones out. Yeah. Uh, Brad, more or less or same excitement for this reason? More, because even though it's going to be still too veteran heavy, this is should be the youngest version of this team we've seen in a while. Uh, on a somewhat different note, I keep hyping myself up on the possibility we see a fair bit of trades this year. Howard has no no trade clause or no move clause, and Nielsen, Green, Erickson, and Daly ha- all have modified NTCs. Do you guys think any of them get traded, and if so, how many? I kind of think Green and Howard are going to be sold off at the trade deadline, and maybe if we're lucky, one of Daly or Erickson too. Green needs to not get hurt like a week before the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Like, Eisenman is very, very well versed and has a lot of experience in making trades out of nothing. So I'm not going to say it won't happen, but the kind of players and the kind of contracts that we're looking at moving makes it difficult. So I think 
optimistically, we'll see two trades this year, and one of them will be clearing a contract that we want to get rid of. That is very optimistic. Um, further, Abdelkader's contract becomes a modified no-trade starting next year. Here's what Cap Friendly says about his contract. I uh, thought it was already voided because we missed the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Uh, yeah, no trade clause in 2016 and 2017 to 2019-2020. Oh, I thought the mod. Anyways, it's modified, so if Detroit misses the playoffs or Abdelkader's not among the top nine forwards in time on ice, which is going to be the case, he can be traded to any team. Um, yeah. If he can be traded, then that'd be great, but that'll be very hard to move. It's irrelevant. Uh, finally, if you were to commit a murder, how'd you go about it? Uh, I would punch a fellow podcast host in the throat, just <laughs> off the top of my head. That's how I would do it. I think that's all of our answers. No, I'd probably put someone in like, some chemical bath so that it just like hmm. dissolves them. Cool, that's, on, that's recorded now. I mean, if, <laughs> not when. Oh, that's if. true. They can't get you. They can't get you now. Uh, See, it, n- nice try. NSA. Nice try, FBI guy. Uh, Andrew Dubiel says, what's up, cheese bags? For some reason, I chose to comment while I'm on my honeymoon in Fort Lauderdale. Hey, congratulations, man. Uh, before we all set sail on our seven-day cruise to the Bahamas, which will probably be at the time of this recording, might be due to the constant stress of not having hockey in my life right now. I found there's a sheet of ice on my cruise, but unfortunately, I couldn't play hockey on it. Trust me, I asked, what's your favorite vacation or where's the next vacation destination you have coming up? My next vacation is actually a cruise that leaves out of Fort Lauderdale, and it goes through like the Caribbean, I think. First time I've ever been on a cruise. Cruises are cool. Yeah. I have a three-year-old and a pregnant wife. I'm not going anywhere for a long time. I'll bring you back a little jar of sand from Grand Turk. Okay. <laughs> uh, best vacation I've ever been on. Uh, I did a week in Scotland, and like, I did a month in Southeast Asia, and that week in Scotland was just like the best time of my life. I f- absolutely love it there. I've only ever been on like two actual vacations in my life. Uh, Best one was probably when it was just Crystal and I down in the Mayan Riviera for a week. That was fun. That's cool. Yeah, we did the ATVing through the jungle. We did the whole cave diving thing. We swam with dolphins, and I drank a lot while relaxing on the beach. It was perfect. Don Mitchell says, what up, dud duds? Desperately trying to make it through this awful offseason. Seriously, with as many RFAs that are unsigned and with pretty decent UFAs out there, we get nothing. Maybe I'll make a Twitter rumor to get the pot going. Sources out of Detroit are saying they're finalizing a trade. Abdulkader and Helm for Victor Hedman. Confirmed. Uh, Now let's hope someone from TSN or Sportsnet is listening. Uh, The Prospects Tournament in uh, Traverse City is coming up in two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, out of the teams. Where do you realistically put Detroit in terms of promising depth? Uh, there's Toronto, Chicago, St. Louis, Columbus, Dallas, Minnesota, New York, and Detroit. I think uh, out of all those teams, the only one you could really make a case for that's ahead of Detroit might be Chicago. Yeah, they're definitely in the top three, at least. I, I, does New York have a lot of promising prospects, or did they just put them all on the team? Like the Rangers? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess, well, since we're counting the guys who are going to be on the team, Kako yeah. is the, the trump card there, so they win, but... Um, yeah, like they, he won't be considered a prospect in about two months. So, uh, Philip Gastineau asked the very valid question of WTF is a cheese bag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your guess is as good as ours. It's kind of taken a life of its own. Uh, advanced water says, uh, Oh, Justin said it's the American dream. Uh, advanced water says, so this, uh, I want to go see the Red Wings play every time they were near me. Um, Anaheim, LA, Vegas, and San Jose, but my wife said two back-to-back weekend trips would be too much because he lives in LA. So San Jose is out. The other three are in. I usually sit in nosebleeds, but since I'm not going to San Jose, I decide to use the spare money to get lower bowl tickets for one of the games. Please decide which game I should get the lower bowl for. I will be sporting a dub-dub shirt for this game, so choose wisely. Yes! I don't know what 
any of those arenas or Vegas. Is Vegas. that an option? I thought yeah. it was just California teams. Uh, no, Vegas is close because it's close to LA. It's oh hell yeah, Vegas! Yeah. It's not even up for debate. Then yeah. it's Vegas. Vegas, that's awesome. Um, oh, Justin guessed it right. Uh, Joseph Delia says, "Sup, my dudes? Just curious if any of you guys are going to the Steve Q and A thingy." So we had a lot of plans to go to a lot of the events in Detroit before the home opener, but like I'm not even just saying this like legitimately with like mapping out everything that we're doing for the podcast, it takes up a lot of our time. Uh, and we decided to just sit out on that and dedicate our time to kind of prepping for the season, especially the home opener. Yes. And so the home opener onwards is when we're going to see a lot more of us like attending those kind of events. Yeah. Uh, we've already got our airplane and hotel booked for the draft in June. Yes. So excited. we will be in Montreal for that. Uh, Next year, we're hoping to, yeah, spend a lot more time at these kind of events. So, of course, we're also hoping to be credentialed by that point. But that's just another in the works. That's something else entirely. Uh, Joseph, uh, and he continues to say, uh, is there a question that we asked that bugs you or is asked too frequently? You get tired of answering. Thanks. We're always like you guys are patrons. We're always happy to answer your questions like like legitimately, even if it annoys us, it would never not be worth answer or be worth not answering. Um, questions I get asked often where I'm just like, I don't know, is when people are like, you know, project starting, it'll be like May and they'll say like project the starting lineup this October or like two years from now or three. I'm like, it's it's hard to build a whole, like it's not valuable. I don't think it's, I don't hate those questions. Those are fun exercises to do. The problem is anytime any little news breaks, we'll get a flood of those questions Mm -hmm. immediately after the Red Wings have traded for Adam Ernie. What's your lineup look like now, guys? It's not that impactful. Nothing above the fourth line has changed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a sad reality because like we need content and like, you want to make the most out of the what little news you have as a fan, but it doesn't mean stop asking it. Cause like what it's, Brad said, it's a fun exercise when there's a good reason to do it. Yeah. And we'll always, you know, and you got to do it at least once every off season. But, yeah. But yeah, it's like when, Oh, Jonathan Erickson's injured or, Oh, we traded for Adam Ernie or, Oh, this other minor league player was just signed. It doesn't, <laughs> we're not doing it again. It doesn't matter. Uh, Eric Baker says, Oh, Hey there. At this point, what would be the smallest package you would trade Athens to you for? Like anything below or less than blank would be a no. Oh man! So first round pick or equivalent. I wouldn't trade him for anything less than a a projected top fifteen pick because I think he's more valuable than a late first round pick. I agree. Um, if we're talking for a current NHL player, I I would trade him for an upper echelon second pairing defenseman, like a. Uh, could probably well definitely would be a first pairing guy on Detroit right now but like a second pairing on a cup contender um I wouldn't be too much too interested in trading him for a package of lesser parts that add up no so like a second round pick and like a good defenseman wouldn't interest me at all in in hockey trading two plus two doesn't equals four yeah no by that I mean like if you assign a first round pick a value of x and you say you know, this many number of second round picks adds up to X. I still wouldn't take those second round picks. Like there's yeah. a, I'm not using a draft chart to no. trade him. So if, if his chart says he's worth 600 points, I'm trading him for a single piece that's worth 600 points. Yeah. Or those pieces add up to 900 points. Yeah. Uh, Vincent Saladino said, Oh, Vincent Saladino's a new patron. Vincent, welcome to the Winged Wheel Pod, the Dub Dub family. I think that's a good one. Is that what we settled on? The Dub Dub family? That's what Steve settled on and we never bothered to correct him. <laughs> 
Uh, he says, hello, boys. I finally decided decide to spend uh, a whole dollar on you and become a patron. Been meaning to do it for a while, uh, but I never got around to it. Uh, thanks for supporting us, man. It means a lot to us. Uh, anyways, looking, for, looking at the playoffs, we see that goalies uh, really are what make or break teams' chance uh, at the Cup. Jordan Bennington being an absolute beast on the ice definitely was one of the driving factors for St. Louis to win the Cup. And also that Dallas, in Game 7, they were producing no offense for two periods, and Ben Bishop was blocking almost every single shot, single-handedly keeping his team well into overtime. Um, my point being is that I think that next year come draft season, the Red Wings should pick up Askarov. With someone who is said to be the next Vasilevsky, uh, he could become a huge driving force to get us out of the rebuild. I'm telling you, you just got a big fan of Brad. Um, and lead our mm. team through the playoffs like Hasek or Osgood once did. And with having our goaltenders be Askarov and Larson, we'd have some of the best goaltending in the league. And as much as I'd like Perfetti, Byfield, or any other good center, there's a chance that Valeno could fill the role of a second-line center. So my question is, do you think a potential star goalie like Askarov would be a better choice in the long run, or would you still go for a forward? P.S. I love your guys' content. Woo! Woo! Big spider! Where? <laughs> Where? Oh, that's a big one! Where? Oh, who has shoes? <laughs> I don't. I don't even see it. It's over there. Uh, why don't we, like, can I use the bottom of this box? Yeah, sure. Oh, Oh, that is a big one. Oh. <laughs> so, turns out I'm the only one on this podcast not scared of spiders. Oh, I don't like spiders. Holy sh... Oh, I oh. knew from his Yelp that was spiders. I speak scared of spider. Oh, I knew what that God. was. I'm so happy that happened live. Holy oh. shit. <laughs> oh, my BPMs is way up. And, um, oh, that was big. Oh. And that was on video. I am so happy right now. Oh, my God. Oh, there was a glitch with the video. Can't <laughs> beep boop beep. <laughs> I think my grip per sixty just uh, went up by like a hundred points just by being in proximity to you guys and not Jesus. reacting. <laughs> oh, well, what the hell are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> I was on Vincent's comment. He says, "I love you guys' content." And oh, Askarov, yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, "Considering not much happens during the off season, the fact that you guys are able to make great episodes every week is crazy. Keep up the good work and stay fresh, cheese bags." Vincent, that means so much. Thank you so much, man. Askarov. Okay. Is he worth a top 10 pick? Yes, but uh, I would not take it. How do I put it this way? Prospect rankings are subjective. I'm going to rank Askarov where I think he's the best player in the draft when I get there. I think I have him somewhere between 5 and 10 right now. So if we're picking in the top 5, no, I'm not taking him. Um, So would I take, based on the knowledge I have now, I don't take Askarov over Lafreniere, Raymond, Byfield, Perfetti, Holtz and probably Drysdale. After that, I could absolutely make a, an argument for Askarov. And depending how his season goes, maybe I rank him four, maybe I rank him 12. It's it's all subjective because you have to map out how good are they, how likely are they to project, and what's your system looking like. Yeah, Detroit's might have their guy in Larson, but it's a chance. But here's the thing about everything with the draft. It's a chance. Remember when Jack Campbell went 12th overall and only now he's turning into a serviceable NHL goalie? Which was seven years later, so... Goalies are wild, and the crazy thing about them is you can find a Jordan Bennington to win you a cup. I am much more keen on getting a top-end center, like a definite top-end center. I want, I desperately want Dylan Larkin to be the second-best center on this team. Yeah. I And, like, that might sound like blasphemy, but just think about it. Like, the center depth on this team needs to be better than Dylan Larkin dragging the rest of the corpses around him. I can't keep my feet on the floor. I have one the legs of this chair yeah, right now. I'm not happy. Uh, uh, anyways, yeah, thanks for the the, the great question. I, we're gonna, we're going to be hearing a lot about Askarov this year. Uh, Matt Platt says, since we're truly in off season content right now, what was your guys' favorite cup run you've watched? 
Can't be the Red Wings. Love the dub dub. Hang in there. Only a few more months. Oh, can't be the Red Wings. Ooh. Oh, man. Um, what cup run? I hate every other team, so this is going to be tough. Washington's was a blast to watch. Yeah. Washington's was real fun. Vegas's last year was fun. Yeah, if they won it, that would have been... As in, like, not... like not Their first the, year. Their first year. Not the lagging four goals in on one. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Hol- Hopi's save in the, I believe, conference finals to essentially... Like that, they don't. He doesn't make that save. They they don't. And they were down two zero to Columbus. Yeah. In the first round. So if we're just talking the team that won it, LA's in twenty twelve was really fun because yeah. they went in as the eighth, eighth seed, best, best eighth seed, ever. and then just they dummied everybody in the playoffs. Like it wasn't even close. They lost what four games? I think something like that. Yeah. Uh, if we're talking like cumulative, man, it's oh three oh four from both Tampa and Calgary's perspective was fun as hell. I had and then no. 0506 from both Carolina and Edmonton's perspective was fun as hell, ignoring who Edmonton took out in the first round. Every cup between 02 Red Wings and 08 Red Wings wins were, I had no interest in being happy because I knew that the Red Wings could have competed for those yeah. cups. Yeah, you have to take that little qualifier out of yeah. it. But uh, Joseph Fournier says, my dudes, I am exhausted. Two weddings back to back. I was the best man last night. Hey, that's exciting. Uh, then I got to uh, go back home and finish cleaning out my childhood home, which closes on the 6th. Whoa, big big move. Uh, right now, I'm waking up in my hotel room at the Marriott and the Renaissance Center. Holy crap, the view of Detroit. The river looks incredible up here. There's a beautiful view of Comerica Park, one of the best ballparks in the country. Very sharp forward field right next to it. And then off to the left, over the freeway, Little Caesars Arena, which looks incredibly stupid with the Little Caesars logo on top. What Would much rather have a Red Wings and Pistons logo on it. And it's surrounded by urban blight. Living in New York City, I don't get a chance to see for myself the progress of the Project Detroit, but the Elches need to ramp it up because, boy, oh, boy, there's still a lot that needs to be done. Use your Stay Fresh cheese bags responsibly. Stay fresh, my friends. Yeah, I'm hoping a lot of that ramps up soon. There's so much potential in that area. And, you know, whenever I tell people about Detroit, like, I'm such a huge advocate for it. And downtown Detroit is so awesome. And that is a part of the town that really needs to kick into high gear to, to develop and build, continue building the good work. Uh, Justin Kalinsky says, sup nerds. So I'm going to the prospect tournament Saturday till Monday. I can't wait to witness our holy hashtag German Lindstrom perform a sermon on the ice and maybe run into Stevie while he's getting pizza. I'll slip him a 20 and persuade him into giving Helm the sea. Have a good day nerds. And I'll see you guys in October. Um, Do you want to get assassinated? Cause that's how you get assassinated. Uh, Stan Olsen says, hey guys, hope all is well. Who are some players you could actually see traded to help the logjam on defense? And what do y'all think about the Andrew Luck retiring? We got that. Um, actually traded? Erickson, Daly. Daly would be if they... Like, it would have to be a chronological situation where, for some reason, a team still has value assigned to them. Yeah. Um, looks like I'm going to come to the home opener slash meetup. Super excited to see you guys again. Got my ticket to see the Wolverines play Iowa the day before as well. That's an awesome weekend. I'm pumped to see you again, Stan. Uh, should be an awesome weekend. All right, we have time for some other questions. Uh, Joe Cool Reed on Reddit says, What are the odds Pittsburgh misses the playoffs and gets Lafreniere? That's, higher than they should be. Yeah, that's a hell I don't want to face. But, yeah, realistically, they're higher than they should be. Uh Winged Squigger says, is Ryan the Travis Yost of the podcast? In other words, he has good hockey takes with awful food takes. I don't know. Does he have good hockey takes, though? There's that whole offsides thing still. Oh, sh- I will murder you for starting that. I will absolutely murder you for starting that. I, uh, I appreciate how many people in the comments below got what I was doing I there. appreciate how many people. Shut up, Brad. They were awesome. Well, uh, we're going to. I'm going to make sure this is a full season thing for you now. And yes, your food takes are terrible. They're like they're not Yoast bad, but they're getting there. Look, 
the breakfast stuff, I concede that it's not normal of me, and I know I can turn that around. I am right about pizza. What no. was your pizza take? Pepperoni. No, no, no. I am right pepperoni? that chicken and white, like, that's not a pe- What you named is not. I didn't say white sauce, just chicken. Still. There's nothing wrong with pepperoni. No. It's fine, but it shouldn't be anybody's favorite. You hate the classics? There's a lot of people in Brooklyn who are wanting to fight Brad Yeah, now. everyone in New York, come come here. Let's fight One dollar slice. Mm-hmm. Seems like Brad hates America. Uh, <laughs> any good books that you guys read over the summer? Uh, <laughs> both of you to assume I have time to read. <laughs> I haven't read a book since university. <laughs> I'm both reading of you to assume Evan can read. <laughs> I'm currently reading The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. And it had, it got, I, I do like sci-fi and fantasy, and I just want to read a fiction book. Um, it got great reviews. I enjoy it. I'm not enjoying the writing style, honestly, but now I just have to slough through it. It's it's a good book. It's just not like as phenomenal as people were saying. Uh, White Lightning 91 says, uh, Wendy's Spicy Nuggets are back, that's all. Um, did any of you guys read the Five Years Down the Road article from the Hockey News? Overly optimistic about right. Surprise Bergen wasn't mentioned. Did not read that, no. No, I didn't read it either. Did not even know it was out, so uh, news to me. Loop did says, what food opinion do you do other people have that you were offended by slash deemed to be wrong and we can't use any that we've already seen said before, like pineapple on pizza? Oh, so I can't go on my onion rant again? No. Okay, what food take... Uh, what do people do with food that I, I can't stand? So it has to be, like, common, just not like you've seen one person do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay. I uh, got you. Some kind of food... Tra- what are some controver- controversial food things? Um... One that I see all the time at cottages is people just let their eggs sit in the pan while they try to scramble them. That actually bothers the ever-living hell out of me. Gordon Ramsay, scrambled eggs, or you're wrong. Um, other food. The whole hot dog as a sandwich thing is ridiculous as well. Yeah, you're the one who asked Ron McLean that. Hey, we had Ron McLean. Yes, but Ron McLean settled it in my, in my view. He settled it. He's like, it's neither. It's a hot dog. And I was like... I've never heard that answer, and I think that's 100% correct. Uh, I don't, I've, I've talked openly about... I I would have said egg on pizza, but I know I've said it before. Uh, can I, is that cheating because I've only said it once? I really don't like egg on pizza. I don't know. Uh, I've had a bre- yeah, we've talked about this because I said I had a breakfast okay. pizza. Really okay, good. so this is going to be kind of a generic answer, but this always kind of bothers me. And it can apply to just about any food. But the people who take something like a hamburger and just smother it in infinity toppings and infinity sauces to the point where you can't even taste what the hell you're eating anymore. If I'm eating a hamburger, I want to taste the damn burger. Yeah. If you're putting ketchup on scrambled eggs, if you're putting anything that's altering the flavor of what you're eating, why the hell are you eating it? Oh, poutine. Um Use beef gravy. Oh, I remember this. Remember we went to that one restaurant and they <laughs> used uh, chicken? Yeah, they used chicken gravy. gravy. Yeah, that, yeah, was yeah that was the saddest day of your life. I was <laughs> devastated. Use beef gravy on poutine. Cheese curds, obviously. People think that you can make poutine with shredded cheese. No, it has to be squeaky cheese curds and beef gravy. Don't be an idiot. And also to clarify my point, I'm not anti-condiments and all that stuff. It just has to be a reasonable amount. Practice safe. Condiments. Yes, use protection. Uh, all right. Twitter question. Topher Thinks asks, can you expand a little bit on what pro scouts do? Um, not f- as familiar with the inner workings behind c- behind the scenes and fascinated by it. Thanks. Uh, Clay actually had a great answer to this, so go read that. But in general, pro scouts evaluate players who are in the NHL. Yep. 
All right, is this guy worth trading for? What's the value of our player versus that guy, et cetera, et cetera? Should we sign him? Where would he fit in? How's They're he been? Basically trade consultants. Yes. And free agent consultants. Uh, Lars uh, Thorzell says, there's been a fair few brands. Uh, these are hashtag ask WWP questions on Twitter. There have been a fair few brands for hockey gear. Which brand is the go-to retro brand for you? Jofa, Coho, or any other? Uh, retro? Can I say Easton now since yeah, they're not making anything? I, my first thought was Easton. Yeah. Cooper? Ooh, let's, uh, are they still around? No. Oh, still around? Sorry. No, no Cooper's no. not around anymore. Uh, I thought they still it, it, Dude, I literally, when I went to buy skates last year, it was just... Um, Bauer CCM and there's one pair of True. Like there might be some graph skates hanging around. Uh, there is uh, nothing but monopolies. It, everything is Warrior CCM and Bauer now. So. What stick brings a nostalgic tear to your eye? The Silver Synergy. Silver Synergy with the red bottom. Red bottom. Yeah. Uh, they they're like just like a. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the OG. Oh, the like OG. The original, original grip one was gold. The ones that snapped when you looked at them. Yeah, yeah. I had one of those. Oh my god, this is just a different demographic, man. I had a Gretzky silver aluminum Easton stick. I had a that in the Coho Revolution. I had that two Mario pieces had before yet. too. I but. still have an aluminum stick somewhere. No wonder they stopped making those things. So it's either the silver synergy with the red bottom, or I love the orange and white Nike Apollo sticks. Oh, um, I had one of those. Yeah, I, I had, had the Nike Apollo. I had the Coho Revolution. I had the Gretzky aluminum. <laughs> yeah, they all bring it back. Um, and my Nike Apollo had a square toe blade, so. Uh, well, I loved triggered. it as a defenseman. We've also talked about this. Well, we talked about it on our interview, which hasn't been published. It was uh, uh, on with the St. Louis guys. Uh, yeah, so they wouldn't have heard that. All right, uh, with that, we are going to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, guys, we have a pre-recorded, uh, it's going to be a very controversial episode for uh, a Patreon exclusive to uh, just double up and give you guys a little extra little bonuses. When month. are we dropping that? It's going to be this Wednesday. Okay. We'll drop it this Wednesday. Um and it's going to spur a lot of conversation, and we're actually going to do some video content on this as well, because uh, we have to double back and do our own. It's our jersey uh, jersey rankings, and we're going to have to do our own personal ones, because our conglomerate ones made for a good episode, but I think we have to do our own personal ones as well. Like video? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, so remember what I said, uh, if you guys oh, have, that could be good content where we're each doing our own video and then the other two people are just chirping the ever living hell out of whoever's doing sitting theirs. Sitting in the back with beers while you're sitting there on the yes. computer. Yeah. And we have like a, we can see what you're doing up on a TV screen. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh guys, my God, we have to do that. <laughs> this is, this YouTube content's going to be great. Uh, go, uh, subscribe on YouTube, just youtube.com slash winged wheel podcast or like the lady at the end of the episode tells you, wingedwheelpodcast.com to find everything. I'd like to thank all of our supporters, our Patreon patrons, the people who make this happen. Sky Carcass, Luke Johnson, Arjun Shanker, Don Mitchell, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Langabeer, Matthew M. Rice, Sean Levine, Kalen Wood, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Rob Thiel, Stan Olson, Ryan Lewis, Mike DiLoretto, brand new name level patron. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, and Hannah Lee, thank you all so very much. We love you. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.